everyone, welcome back. My name is Seth Weiner and I am your Rocktioneer. You're tuned into Coffee Connections Insights with innovators in the Atlanta nonprofit world. Uh, folks, it's springtime, it's auction season and the virtuals are happening, it's going great. Everyone's, uh, I'm just, and people are getting vaccinated. Everyone's excited to get back out. I've got events that now wanna go in person, but we're still doing virtual. Some are doing hybrids, but it's time to start thinking about the fall and if you've been sitting on your butt not doing fundraising you're missing out because you know what people care about your cause and they want to contribute and they want to participate and the word of the year connectivity and i'm not talking about something you drink although that's a good name for a tea connectivity but we people want to connect and i'm going to talk more about that as the year goes on and i'm happy to share ideas with you all about how you can make your event meaningful impactful raise all that money and connect everyone in the way that they've been wanting to. But that's not why you're here today, folks. Why are you here today? Well, today, our guest is Christopher Moses with the Alliance Theater. He's the director of education. Now sit back and hear a tale, folks, because Chris has been working in the professional theater education business for over 15 years. In January of 2011, he took the position of director of education at the Alliance Theater, overseeing the Alliance Theater Institute twice recognized as the arts model by the Federal Department of Education, Theater for Youth and Families, and the acting program. Since taking over this position, Chris has quadrupled the education budget and reach, making the Alliance Theater Education Department a vital resource for advancing the civic agenda of Atlanta. This work is accomplished through deep and sustained partnerships with so many Organizations such as the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Atlanta, Atlanta Public School System, Fulton Public School System, the Anti-Defamation League, uh, the YMCA, the City of Atlanta in general, the Alzheimer's Foundation, Emory Center for Autism, the Children's Restoration Network, the Latin American Association, the ASO, who I believe just had their annual fundraiser the other night, and the High Museum of Art. Now, that is a list, and also many of them were guests on the show. Uh Currently, the Alliance serves now, folks, this one, this, this stat blows me away, over 100,000 students pre-K through 12 each season. We're going to have to talk about that, as well as over 4,000 adults through its extensive education offerings. Chris looks forward to leading this department and expanding their continued efforts to provide a national level of theater and arts education to the Atlanta community. Now he serves as a board member for several different organizations. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. Let me go ahead and cue everything up. Mr. Chris Moses. Hello. Hey, Seth. Thank you for that long and warm introduction. I really appreciate it and happy <laughs> Absolutely. to be here. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining me, spending some time. Mm -hmm. Before we get into things, it's time for a little coffee talk. Do you drink coffee? <laughs> you got a tiny little coffee mug. That's funny. Mm. So I'm, I'm guessing espresso, a espresso drinker, uh, um, fanatical espresso drinker. So, yeah. Is that how you get your hair to stand? <laughs> yes, it is. In fact. And is that what keeps you looking young also is espresso? I, I don't know. It certainly keeps me awake, you know? Um, so that, that's the best I can do. All right. Let's be real. Espresso. You're doing one cup a day, five cups. Where are you at? You know, probably four shots a day. So wow, okay. uh, usually like two double shots to start my day off, you know, gets me going in the morning. I, I tr try to avoid the afternoon espresso, but I thought for, you know, coffee conversation, I had to have an extra shot today. So that's yeah. an honor of you. 
Well, thank you. Our guests, uh, our guests, our our viewers, listeners, our friends—they all, they're all feeling it now. Um, but but okay, let's be let's be even more real here. Do you mess with Americano, or is that just like no? Nah, just give me the shot. I, I don't. I, I I don't mind an Americano, but I I'm straight up not no cappuccino even or latte. I just like a a. a, a perfect double shot of espresso now are you going european with it with a little chocolate uh, you know next to it no maybe maybe on like a fancy evening sometimes like uh, you know after a wonderful dinner with my wife we'll do something special that way but this is it's it's uh really functional actually to just okay. You're shake a functional, the cobwebs out every morning you know and go for it i had dinner on uh, spring break with my son and my uh his grandfather and my cousin and we ordered after dinner drinks, uh, coffee. My dad just you know, drinking coffee black, 85 year old. And my son, who's eight, like, do you drink coffee at night? It's like, well, after dinner sometimes. <laughs> he was just like, couldn't believe it. Just like, who drinks coffee at night? All right. Well, we are here for coffee, but we're here for the. <laughs> um, I'm going to hand the mic over to you, uh, Chris. Will you uh, let everyone know about the Alliance Theater, all the wonderful things you all do? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you again, Seth, and thanks uh, everyone for joining us today. Um, I'll give just a brief overview uh, about the Alliance Theater, and um, we'll go from there, and then I look forward to having a conversation with Seth. But the Alliance Theater is a Tony Award-winning regional theater in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and we are a producing theater, and I, I say that because that's a distinction. There are uh, a wonderful collection of presenting theaters that book shows that are on tour, but the Alliance is a producing house, which means that we create original work from the ground up. So, so something you may not know if you just come in and have seen one of our shows, but everything was built in house. So we have a fantastic scene shop and a costume shop where they're building and fabricating everything that you see on stage. So there's a, a real um, pride in the work and some wonderful artisans who make their living doing this work here for uh, uh, for all of you who are able to come see our shows. We also have a history of developing shows that go on to have lives beyond Atlanta and, and even beyond the medium of theater sometimes. So The Color Purple, the musical started at the Alliance Theater. Aida, Elton John's musical started at the Alliance Theater. Recently, The Prom, uh, which then went to Broadway and from Broadway became a Netflix movie, um, started at the Alliance Theater. So we're really uh, um, devoted to finding new stories and presenting them for Atlanta before anyone else gets to see them. So there's a deep commitment to new work at the Alliance Theater. And what we found is if we're telling new stories, everyone can come and meet that story uh, uh, at the same time. It doesn't privilege anyone who happened to have studied this in college, say. We're really trying to make the point and emphasize that theater and these stories are for everybody. Um, and I think the best way that we make that point is our commitment to work for young audiences. One of the things that makes the Alliance unique and certainly one of the things that, that has made me fall deeply in love with this place is the commitment to producing work for all ages. So you're not going to find another regional theater of our size that is equally committed to producing a play for babies. And I don't say that lightly. We do work for zero to five-year-olds even while we're producing something that's going on to Broadway and holding both of those to the same artistic standards. So the same rigor and the same experimentation goes into a work that we're doing for young audiences as the work that we're doing for adults. And that is unique. Um, and I think points to a bit of our origin story. What a lot of people probably don't realize 
when the Alliance Theater started, it was the Atlanta Children's Theater who first performed in that space. So this idea of creating work for, for young people and students was just part of the DNA of the Alliance Theater from its inception, and it's really grown, um, which I think is just fascinating. The other thing that I'd love people to know about the Alliance Theater is that we are looking at stories and the work that we create as a jumping off point to conversations beyond the theater. We are not here, we do not exist to just create exquisite theater and that be the end game. But it's really about how can these stories generate conversations in the community that we think will be beneficial? How can they bring people together? And beyond that, in the education world, how can we use the art form itself? How can we use theater as a tool to advance other areas? So uh, uh, that, that thinking is what led us to invest deeply in our public schools in the region and figure out that theater can be a fantastic tool to advancing literacy. And uh, there is a literacy epidemic in Atlanta and, and mm -hmm. that we're not unique in, in pretty much every major city in, in the country, but there's so few students that are actually reading on grade level by third grade. And that, that is a deep, deep problem but storytelling, we know, can actually help. If you can uh, uh, train educators on how they can use theater techniques and story to better engage students, we have data that proves, Scott had, or Seth had mentioned, sorry, the um, uh, Department of Education grants that we've received have given us the data that proves that young people who've had this experience can actually acquire language and literacy at higher rates than their peers. So we know this works, we know there's a need, we are out there in the community day in and day out. And that work may not be as visible as the work on our stage, but it's every bit uh, uh, a part of our operation. And we take that very seriously. And that's how we get to that number that Seth mentioned, 100,000 people every year, 100,000 students are exposed to the Alliance through a variety of methods. Um, and then the last thing I'll say before we jump into a conversation, Seth, is, um, you know, something I, I take a lot of pride in, particularly this year, but it, it goes well before that, is that no matter what obstacle uh, is thrown in our way, uh, the staff of the Alliance has responded and figured out ways to dream about would not, what would not have been possible without that obstacle. So how to create within constraints. Um, for instance, we did a major renovation on our stage and we now have this beautifully designed, newly designed Coca-Cola stage but it took a year and a half to, to, to redesign that space. And during that time, we couldn't produce theater in our, in our house. So we decided rather than just shutter for a year or rather than just do the same obvious thing and find one venue where we could tell our 12 stories throughout the course of the year, we decided to find 12 different venues across the city and match the story to the right neighborhood, to the right venue and take the entire season on the road. So I think that's a great example. And then a current example, we still cannot produce theater in our building right now because of COVID restrictions. But rather than wait, we erected a giant tent out on Callaway Plaza in front of the building and are running three different shows that we'll be presenting to audiences in a COVID safe environment. And then the last example I'll share, share because I'd love for your audience to check this out. Um, we had commissioned a play that was supposed to open this past June. It was a play for families called Sit In, and it was a really timely conversation about social justice issues and young people's voice in the movement. And rather than just wait until we could produce theater again, we'd still be waiting. We decided that we had this wonderful script we'd already commissioned. What happens if 
you know, we figure out a different way to tell that story. We can't bring people together in an audience. We can't even bring actors together to rehearse. What if we did this as an animated piece? So we invited filmmakers and animators and illustrators into the mix, collided with our usual theatrical artists and created the first ever animated short play uh, that the Alliance has done called Sit-In. So I think that's a, just a great example of the ingenuity of, of the Alliance Theater. So that's a bit about us. Hopefully that gave you some stuff <laughs> yeah. that we can dig into, Seth. And yeah. Uh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, wow, there's there's a lot. And I didn't even realize the magnitude of what you did, the uh, the Broadway thing. That's that's really cool. I didn't know that. That's that's cool. That, that And imagine there's even more stories if we scratch that. Um, all right. Lots to cover here. Uh, so with COVID, there's obviously lots of challenges that that happened. Can can you talk a little bit about how you dealt with these challenges, in particular with the education piece? Because you you brought up a lot of things that uh, that really make sense. I mean, the illiteracy. How, I mean, how do you do? How do you still tackle that in the COVID times? And then when from there, if you could talk a little bit of what what new came out of that. And what's going to remain when you get back to yeah. normal? Uh, because as we all discovered, there's so many things like, wow, we can actually have conversations over Zoom and it's OK, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. Can you can you touch on that? Sure. Um, so we decided to shut down. Uh, it was that fateful Friday, March 13th, 2020, when we realized um, we could no longer produce theater for the remainder of our, our spring season. Um, but that next week, we immediately started transitioning some of our acting classes to the Zoom platform. We knew we weren't going to give up. We had to just figure out how to do this. The other thing we were very insistent on is that we were not going to break our promise to educators across the region. Right. We knew they were floundering. So we linked arms and, and were very transparent and said, we don't know exactly how we're going to do this, but we are with you every step of the way and are willing to experiment and uh, uh, most of all, we are willing to be humble enough to know we don't have all the answers, but we will learn while doing. Every step of the way, we'll be with you. And what came out of that, in particular with the school residencies, is figuring out that, that we did have an expertise to share in terms of how to reach across the screen and how to help um, educators still engage with students via screen. And after the summer, we did a ton of summer camps. We did our, our summer camp is usually our busiest time, Seth, on campus with mm -hmm. 1,800 kids coming into the Woodruff Arts Center, taking camps and learning all about the process. And we knew we wanted to still do something. So we translated all of that virtually as well. And after that summer of really diving in and trying to get creative about how we can use this platform and how do we make um, uh, uh, find new opportunities with this medium, we were able to go back into schools with an even stronger toolkit uh, and really be there this entire year. So we took everything out there and the things that we'll keep for sure is, um, you know, usually the hardest thing to, to navigate is, um, you know, we're hemmed in by our zip code. So we've long wanted to reach out to more rural parts of Georgia and it just becomes really difficult in terms of our artist schedule. We have a core group of fantastic teaching artists who make their living doing this work, but, but many are not in a position where they can travel four hours south four days a week, you know. Um, but with this platform, we can now do that. We can reach new districts. We can reach new schools that never have had access to the Woodruff Art Center. And that's something we're not going to turn our back on. 
and, and the animated piece. Oh, let me go back to that because I think that, oh, yeah. that may be the crowning uh, uh, discovery. That's something we never would have dreamed about. We never would have thought about doing this. But in doing that, it opened up new uh, partnerships with all kinds of distribution mechanisms. So now Broadway On Demand is streaming or place it in. Um, but not only that, what's even more exciting to me is that uh, public access TV, so PBS Atlanta and Georgia Public Broadcasting, we have a PBS affiliate in Alaska, a PBS affiliate in Dallas who are interested in, st in streaming and broadcasting this show. So when all is said and done, that play will reach more people than we normally reach in an entire season. So like, I, I can't um, ethically turn my back on that once we can come back in house. It's like, this has revolutionized how I think about access. If that many young people can access this for free now and have uh, uh, an, an invitation into the Alliance's way of storytelling, like we've got to keep going. <laughs> so I'm dying to get back in person. That's what we do in terms of live theater, but I would be um, foolish to not be operating on kind of two trains running and thinking about what's the next uh, piece we can create specifically for virtual medium. That's wonderful. And uh, let's not forget, you're right across the street from the Cartoon Network. So, I mean, it seems yes. appropriate. <laughs> yes. Um, We'd love to get them on board. Well, they're big, <laughs> big time uh, watchers, listeners. So, yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to new work, where do you source this new work? And yeah, just in general, that be like the, like the new idea that for the um, for the voiceover that you did. Where where does this come from? Is it all internal? Or are you sourcing stuff locally from other folks? Like yeah, yeah, it's a mixture. Two of our um, major initiatives that that help us develop new work. One is our Candida graduate playwriting competition. And this is a national competition. Um, so MFA students that are, are graduating can submit a play. It's a blind submission. So we don't know what school it's come from or who the uh, playwright is. And they send us their, their finest plays and we commit. And what makes this competition unique is we commit to a full production of that playwright's work. So it's not just a reading or a workshop, but it gets fully staged with the best directors working in our field, um, best designers imaginable. So it's, it's just a great way. And through that process, we've been doing it, you know, 20 years. We've just met and helped uh, uh, develop this, this cohort of playwrights who are really the top in the entire field of the American theater who've had their first professionally produced play on our stage. So that's one way. And then the local option, um, we have the, this program called the Riser Artist Lab where local Atlanta artists can submit um, projects that we will invest in and uh, there are three that we select each year. So it's a really like an R&D project, giving resources, uh, not just money, but space and expertise within the company to help shepherd these plays and get them to another life. So that's another way. Um, so we both are looking locally and nationally to, to find the next great stories that we want to tell. And with these stories, you, you mentioned that a lot of them you want to one is a jumping point for generating conversations and and with the current affairs is there any examples that you have right now that are addressing the social justice and all this stuff i mean that's that's happening in our world yeah um i, I feel like a broken record i keep coming back to that that animated play but that play uh -huh, sit in is really it was designed to invite conversations with families and with classrooms in particular 
um, about race and it about social justice. So it gives this invitation in to have conversations that that I think families often uh, avoid and certainly classrooms avoid. I think it gives a really safe way to talk about this because you're looking at it from the perspective of these fictional characters and it gives you a way to ask questions like, wow, I wonder why young Janet is feeling this way. And then you can talk about it within uh, um, the safety of that story. And I think that can start to reveal what's happening in the current climate. Um, but for adults, we're um, gonna be producing a play called Hands Up in the fall that was a collection of short plays written by um, black playwrights in response, it, it started after the Michael Brown murder in Ferguson, and it was a response to uh, police brutality and the Black experience with police brutality in America. So that's a piece that is directly talking about uh, issues that are roiling our country right now. And when we produce a play like that, we'll also have opportunities and for the community to have these dialogues and to curate, curate conversations around the experience. So. Um, that will be coming up in the fall. So if you're interested in that kind of work that really does uh, open up conversations about about current events, I, I highly, highly recommend you circle that one. And are these <laughs> with with the sit in play? Are these conversations happening on? Are you setting up like uh, Zoom rooms or, you know, clubhouses or what, what's uh, what's the format? <laughs> Man, there? I wish it was a clubhouse. Yeah, we have done a lot of pre and post conversations uh, with artists in, in Zoom afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and we've also had some family workshops as well. So families can come and participate together and wrestle with the themes that they found in the play. That's great. Now, where can someone watch the uh, sit-in play? Yeah, there. Uh, well, one, it's going to air Earth Day is April 18th on PBS Atlanta. So if you're in Atlanta, you can just turn on the TV that, that morning. I should have the time memorized. I don't forgive me. It's, not, it's um, 418. So it's at 418, right? <laughs> I, I hope it's that simple. And then um, uh, uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting will be broadcasting at May 4th. But if you don't want to wait, there's two cool options. One, you can purchase the, the stream from the Alliance Theater. So I, sh I, I should certainly mention that. If you go to alliancetheater.org slash sit in, it'll take you to the page. And you can, um, there's a whole interactive experience as well once you purchase the ticket. We created our first card game ever, uh, Seth, around the play, so families mm. can keep the conversation going. Oh, um, kind of like, uh, yeah, I like that. I kind of, yeah, what, what's like the a, game uh, I'm thinking of? But... Cards Against Humanity, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> but, but like the PC version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like right. It. And oh, man, um, that's so that's one way. And then also, this is very cool, a new partnership with Canopy with a K, which is the public okay. media um, provider. And if you have a library card, you can rent it in for free anywhere in the world. So well, that's cool. good. But I highly suggest going to Alliance Theater. Yes.org where you can make a donation Correct. and help feed these starving staff. <laughs> um, so Atlanta is this mecca now for film, although people are bailing lately for good reason, but we won't get into that right now. Um, have y'all done any work with the film industry? I mean, do you because and I say this because you mentioned uh, how your set design is, and and I saw some photos on your website, and it's just remarkable the the work that you all do for your uh, not just set but like your costume and every, well, this was not designed by them, but it could be. <laughs> I wish it were. <laughs> yeah, um, you know what what the, the major benefit is this recent boom in the film industry has allowed artists 
to stay in Atlanta. So even 10 years ago, um, it was so common for uh, actors in particular, but, but, but also directors and designers to think about Atlanta as a stepping stone. So it would be like, I can work here for a little bit, get some credits, and then eventually I have to move to New York or LA if I'm gonna do this professionally and sustain a living. With the film industry, that has given, given our actor pool, and we have a dynamite uh, acting pool here in Atlanta, but has given them the, the opportunity to stay here and make a living because they can work in both mediums. And film um, certainly pays a whole lot more than theater. So they can do the film work to feed the theater habit. And it's allowed these people to not only stay here, but it's also attracted talent from all over. So mm -hmm. now it's, it's, more common to hear people coming from New York and relocating from LA to be in Atlanta, um, which is just phenomenal. So it just opens up a lot of access to artists that, that would have either fled the city or would have never been here in the first place. Wow. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have fled New York. I wonder how many, how many, how, what the uh, flux to go back is going to be because a lot of yeah. people have found um, greater living elsewhere. Although our home, um, we don't have many homes on the market anymore because of that, but that's all right. Well, speaking of homes, they cost money, and so does keeping <laughs> this organization together. And obviously you make money uh, on, on ticket sales when you have those, but can you talk a little bit more where the foundation is getting their, their money? Uh, is it private? Is it independent? Uh, just if you can shed some light on that. Sure. Uh, it's primarily... Um... You know, we have a, a very philanthropic corporate community here in Atlanta. That's a big part of the fundraising uh, uh, piece of the puzzle. And then also foundations. There are many foundations that have been incredibly supportive of the Woodruff Arts Center um, for decades since, since the inception of the place. Um, and we also have an endowment, which spins off some money each year. But just so everyone knows, the, the nonprofit theater and the Alliance in particular you know, on a normal year, we're operating around a 50-50 uh, split between earned income from ticket sales or tuition or anything that drives earned revenue, and then 50% from contributed sources, which would be, again, primarily corporate foundations and a little bit of endowment and a very, very little bit of um, state support from the arts. We sadly, you know, just do not have a giant amount of government support for the arts here in Georgia. That's a, that's a shame. I didn't realize that. Now there has been, obviously there's been all sorts of like tax uh, stuff they've tried in the past. Um, but, but that's interesting. Now, if folks want to make a donation, they can certainly go to alliancetheater.org, correct? Absolutely. And that, that, that money goes directly to feed the mission. And a lot of the programs that, that, that I talked about today, um, particularly the work we do in schools is completely uh, subsidized. So it de demands subsidization, whether that's from corporate sponsorship or from foundations who are um, supporting it or from individuals. Um, and we also have a robust scholarship program. So if mm -hmm. people wanted to donate to give a young person a scholarship who may not be able to come through the Alliance Theater Camp without that support, that's an option. And how's the school, if they want to get involved with you? Do they, are you reaching out to the schools or are they coming to you at this point? It's a bit of both. Um, we, we have quite a few district level partnerships so that we've, we found that that's the, the most effective way to make change and have impact is if it's scaled throughout the entire district. So um, 
but we also have educators who find out about us. We do an annual educator conference so people from all over come and get to taste and glimpse kind of what this arts integration work looks like. And then from that, you know, start up a relationship with us as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, Alliance Theater itself is uh, is a breeding ground for other theaters. Like other theaters really look to what you're doing to to learn from and do in their own communities around the country. A absolutely. Yeah, that's something we, we do take a lot of pride in. <clears throat> so many of our shows uh, have certainly gone on to uh, um, future lives in other communities. Um, and there's some point of pride that, wow, but Atlanta got to see it first, you know? <laughs> that, that yeah. um, and in looking at your website, I have to share this, right? Yeah. I'm looking at your website, I'm pulling some stuff for the video and I pull this up and lo and behold, the guy in the middle there with the uh, Rio shirt, that's my friend's kid. That's uh, You're kidding. No, that's Avi Becker. This is, he's, he's much older now. He's in college, but, um, uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I texted them like, is that Avi? And they're like, that's Avi. Uh, so Excellent. Funny. Wonderful. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was an improv class. That was okay. a wonderful artist of ours, Katie Causey, leading that workshop. I could use an improv class. Jeez. <laughs> Come on, Seth. You know, Come join us. Maybe someone can sponsor you taking a class with us. And if you want to sponsor me, go to yourrocktioneer.com. <laughs> I'll do it, man. I'll do it. Um, before I let you go, what about the uh, big, t talk a little bit more about the Big Ten. I saw something on Facebook where it said there's going to be music. And can you talk, I know you talked in the front end of it, but can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So uh, the show that's up right now, uh, I'm really, really proud of. And this is a show for families. It closes this Sunday, but it's called Beautiful Blackbird Live. And it's a concert, um, original music written by Eugene H. Russell IV. Um, and this is a stellar band of musicians he put together. And uh, it's inspired by this children's book called Beautiful Blackbird. So this this band that he put together, it's a full on funk band. So if you picture oh, wow. like a, a, you know, earth, wind and fire, but as birds. <laughs> so it's just amazing and wild and kind of the perfect way to uh, uh, re-engage and reignite the joy of performing live under the tent. And those costumes so, are really oh, cool. Some of those masks they have, I was like, I was really impressed. Yeah, though. just wild. Um, and then the show coming up um, opens uh, April 22nd is a show called Working, which is uh, um, a musical based on Studs Terkel's interviews with working people throughout the United States. He put that out, I think, in the 50s, and there was a Broadway musical in the late 70s. But since that time, new songs have been added. So Lin-Manuel Miranda of Hamilton fame has written a song for it, James Taylor. And we have a brand new song that we've added to the canon, and that will be starting April 22nd. It's a beautiful homage to essential workers is how we're uh, um, pitching this. And we've we've talked to a lot of essential workers in our community and have folded in um, their stories and let that inform the piece. So that's great. Now, if someone wanted to say, do everything you do, uh, do you guys have uh, annual passes and that sort of stuff? Absolutely. We do. We do have uh, season memberships and we're about to announce our next season. So we will be returning uh, in person live performance in the fall, just like you mentioned in the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, that is happening. We have all the plans in place. And in June, we'll be going live with what that season entails. But you can get a membership at any point. So. That's great. And uh, I want to take a moment here to thank you because I've worked, I've worked, you know, I'm an auctioneer, so I do auctions. And there are many that have packages uh, in their silent auction for from the Alliance Theater. So not only 
are you receiving, but you're giving to the community in ways and, and, and it's appreciated because they always ah. sell well. And, um, and it's just nice to see that support coming from y'all. Oh, thank you. So that's great to hear. We'll keep offering them then. Yeah. All right. Good, good. Well, bef uh, before I let you go, is there anything we forgot to talk about that you wanted to bring up? Um, no, no, I just will say, you know, I mentioned that summer camp is our, our busiest yeah. time and we are preparing, we are going to do those, uh, in person. So that, that will be a joyful experience. If you have a young person in your life and want to sign them up, um, we're doing camps on our campus at the Alliance in Midtown Atlanta, but we also are doing a full summer indicator. So if you happen to live close to that part of town, uh, the museum school indicator, oh, yeah. so we have that full it's a great school and they've been such a fantastic partner. So we have the entire school uh, for the summer. So please, if you want to be uh, um, closer to the east side of town, and then we're doing some other camps at different schools um, around the city too. But those are the two primary locations and we still have some space left. So Awesome. Alliance Theater, folks. Check it out. Dot yes. And now, uh, Chris, before I let you go, I close every episode where I ask my guest, which is you, to recommend a future guest, a nonprofit innovator in Atlanta. Is there someone, an uh, organization that you'd like to recommend? Well, gosh, you told me you were going to ask this. Well, I, the first thing that comes to mind, have you had the High Museum on yet? I have not. No, I would welcome them. Great. I'm going to suggest uh, my colleague and counterpart, we get to dream about a lot of cool partnerships and, and she's fabulous. Her name is Virginia Shear and she's okay. the director of education at the High Museum of Art. That'd be wonderful. So um, if you don't mind just doing a little intro there, that'd be great. I sure um, will. Well, thank you for your time. Stick around, uh, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back. Where, what do we have coming up? We've got, you know what? We've got... Uh, Oh, creating connected communities coming up. And one of your partners that you mentioned before, we've got the ADL coming uh, yes. in May. So um, we'll be releasing our calendar coming up shortly. Uh, but folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Chris, thanks for your time. Everyone, we'll see you again soon. You're listening to Coffee Connections, Insights with Innovators, hosted by your rock.